Hi everyone, it's Jordan Marchese. I wore number 22 uh, for the RIT women's ice hockey team for the past five years and you're listening to College Hockey Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matthew, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, RIT women's hockey player alum, I think we can say that now, Jordan Marchese joins the show today. Uh, Jordan, welcome to the podcast, and how's everything going? Yeah, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here, uh, be able to speak about RIT, my experience, and, and sort of where I'm at right now. I'm doing okay. I'm at home currently in Mississauga, Ontario, just doing classes online. But, but yeah, definitely weird not doing spring training with, with the girls back in, in Rochester. Yeah, is it weird to be called alumni, I guess, of the hockey team now? Um, that must feel weird, especially after five years of doing that whole student-athlete grind. Totally. It is, it is different. Um, I sort of prepared myself for it as much as I could. I mean, how can you really prepare yourself for for basically college hockey retirement. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel grateful to have given the opportunity to do the COVID year. So um, I expected four years at the beginning of my journey and, and got a bonus year. So couldn't be, couldn't be luckier. Yeah. What's, is it going to be weird when someone takes your number? That's, I feel like that's going to feel weird for yourself. Like, what do you have to say to the next person that's going to be wearing your number? Oh gosh, the next 22 at RIT. Um, Whoever it may be, I'll, I'll probably get to know them some, somewhat, um, sort of be, be a resource to them. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll have to ask Coach Brown what she thinks. I'll, I'll probably ask her who do you like better, but just in a joking way. Now, um, how's your senior year been going for yourself so far? Um, and um, how, I guess, like, um, has it been, is it kind of like a high school senior where you get to do fun stuff, or is it really just um, not as exciting as it might sound? Yeah, I mean, I think the girls on the team called me grandma this year. So they actually called me nonna, which is grandma in Italian, and I'm Italian. So I was definitely sort of like an older soul on the team. I mean, having fun as a senior, I think I did that last year as much as I could during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I kind of had to focus on on my studies more so this year because I was in, a, I'm doing my master's in technology innovation management and entrepreneurship and that's what the the business school here at RIT so I'm in five classes um, in the fall and then I was five classes right now in the spring so it's pretty busy with school and and I'm working also and I have a dog at school with me so I've been keeping busy um, you know not really time for for some extra stuff but the mm -hmm. girls made sure to to make room in my schedule for for having fun yeah, uh, checking out your roster, half the team is freshman and sophomore, so it must feel weird for yourself to be one of the only upperclassmen on the team. Yeah, I know. It, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've touched on it before. It's both like a challenge and, and sort of like, just like an opportunity to kind of grow the culture of the team and, and sort of lead this like amazing group and into the right direction because, you know, in, in three years' time, they're gonna, there's going to be that much more, you know, upperclassmen. And if that may be a good thing or a bad thing, I, I think it's a great thing for RIT, um, especially in the direction that we sort of ended off in. I think it's only going to get better from from there. So um, 
it was a little bit of a challenge connecting with them because I was a little bit older. And again, I'm kind of like an old soul, but uh, I mean, they're all great. They're all great girls and I consider each one of them my friends. So now do you have any plans? Uh, what's your, I guess, what are your plans after graduation? Um, is hockey still in the future or are you all done with that? Yeah. So hockey will always be a part of my life, no matter, um, you know, if I'm a player and wh- whichever league that may be or, or a parent or just a fan. I have a younger sister who plays um, for the Oakville Hornets U22 AA team. So she's sort of doing the recruiting process as well, sort of right now she's in the 11th grade. Um, So I'm a huge fan of her, but hockey will always be a part of my life, maybe coaching in the future. In terms of playing, I'm going to give my body a rest this this next year. I've been applying to full-time positions and sort of doing that interview process um, these last couple of weeks. So uh, hockey playing is sort of on, on, uh, not on my mind at the moment, but not to say it won't be something in my life down the yeah. road. Yeah. Well, I kind of now want to transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work up all the way where you are today uh, with RIT. So you're from Mississauga, Ontario. Talk about growing up there and how you start playing hockey. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of girls from Mississauga, Ontario that are, you know, playing in the NCAA and playing in CIS. So Mississauga is a busy city for, for women's hockey, which is amazing. And I feel so fortunate to grow up um, in this city and have so many different teams that I could possibly play for. Um, Women's hockey was definitely like something that was substantial from where I was from, which was great. Um, I know it's a lot harder for some other girls in smaller towns up North and, and so what, so they can't really find a place to play, which is too bad. And, and they, some girls have to travel like crazy. So uh, very fortunate. My dad uh, loved hockey, huge Leafs fan. Um, poor guy gets his heart broken every playoff season, but he definitely sort of lived his childhood through me and, and put me in hockey as soon as I, I could skate. And actually the year I wanted to, to start playing was when I was like five years old um, and I broke my foot. So I couldn't play hockey that year, but then the next year I, I put on the laces and I, I started like very like house league and, and not anything to do with rep. I actually played competitive soccer when I was younger. And then, you know, my dad kept uh, putting me in camps and just like wanting me to get better and better and better. And then I started trying out for the rep teams and this is all with the Mississauga chiefs. That's what they were called back then. Now they're the Mississauga hurricanes. I think. Um, but yeah, so I stayed local, ended up working my way to playing Adam Double B, my major year of, Aunt, of Adam. And then sort of after that, I, I remember the biggest year for me was probably the Adam to Pee Wee jump. And I tried out for the Pee Wee Double A team and, and got a call back to the trial, which was huge because I had just played Double B and didn't make the team. And then I got a call back for the A team, didn't make the team. The double B team got a call back, didn't make the team. So I ended up playing Pee B my first year and was the captain of that team. And it was a lot of fun. I wore my goggles that year and, and um, yeah, definitely sort of took a step back and like, was like, I'm going to make the double A team next year. And that coach is going to have no choice, but to put me on their team. And that's exactly what happened the next year. I remember I tried out for the double A team and they're like, where'd you come from? I'm like, I've been here the whole time. Where have you been? But uh, so, yeah, so then I played double A my major peewee year. And then from there on played double A until my first year in the PWHL, which was with Mississauga. 
And that's where I played with, you know, the big guns, Lindsay Agnew, Daryl Watts, Michaela Grant Mentis. I played with all those superstars. Um, and that was a great year too. Lots of fun. And then the next year after that, I, this is the first time I sort of branched out to a different organization and I played for Brampton and it was probably the best decision I could have made. I made some really good friends, Brittany Goot, who ended up coming to RIT with me, ended off her career at St. Lawrence. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I was the assistant captain in Brampton and played a lot and it was amazing. And then I actually connected with RIT then. Yeah, that's awesome. Who was like your favorite player growing up? Was it someone on the Leafs or was it um, like a women's player on the national team? Like who would you like, like watching growing up? Yeah, honestly, like I always said this in college too. My favorite hockey player was Lindsay Agnew. Like I loved Lindsay Agnew. She was awesome. She was such a great teammate, so humble, worked like her absolute butt off all the time. So definitely like Lindsay Agnew was like one of my top players. I love her. And then, um, yeah, I mean, in the NHL, I think it was kind of like before my time, but Doug Gilmore, that's who my dad always wanted me to be and play like. So he'd show me like YouTube videos of Doug Gilmore and yeah. I wore number 93 in, in minor hockey. So yeah, those are the, those are the two. Yeah, that's awesome. And I hate to break it to your dad, but I'm a big Bruins fan. So I'm, ex- so I'm a little happy that he's been getting his heart broken a few in the past few years. But <laughs> yeah, I can't totally. say too much because the Bruins have been choking a little bit in the playoffs after they beat the Leafs. So um, I can't, I can't, um, I can't like, I guess t- trash talk too much, um, unfortunately with that, but we do have a cup in the last like 50 years. So that's the one positive, I guess. I know totally. So I'm hoping for one pretty soon from the Leafs. We'll see. I'll have to talk to Austin Matthews. Yeah, no, it's been uh pretty brutal for them lately. Um, they always find a way to, I guess, find a way to lose out of the playoffs or um, make it more, I make it kind of a drama show. They're always, I feel like they're like the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good uh that's funny yes I'm gonna tell my dad that he probably agrees but every playoff season comes around and he's just an absolute mess his emotions are up and down he's like this is the best team ever and then <laughs> you know he's saying the complete opposite the next day so we'll see how it goes this year fingers crossed yeah I want Matthews to at least get one playoff round win just because you know I'm American so I want the American players to do well um, in the NHL so but kind of getting back to your career so like you said, before college, you played in the PWHL. Um, how did you get the opportunity to guess, go to the PWHL uh, from those youth teams that you were playing with before? Yeah, so I think Mississauga did a great job. I'm not sure how they're, they're right now. Well, they are really good. They're a really good team. My sister plays against them. But um, as an organization, I remember when I was in Bantam, I started skating with the junior team and at that time you know Kristen Capizano, Victoria Bach, Kelly Mariani like those girls were playing and and that was like my eyes were like wide I'm like oh my god these girls are so good so I was able to just come out in the summertime and skate with them and sort of just like grow into a player that could potentially be on that team dependent on if the coach wants me and it was my goal to play on the the Mississauga junior chiefs like that was like my number one goal when I was younger And then when midget came around, I was hoping to maybe skip midget and just go play junior so I could have three years of junior instead of just the two with grade 11 and 12. And, um, you know, I was talking to the coach in Mississauga and, you know, sort of last minute, it didn't work out that I had a spot on the team. So I played midget double A in Mississauga. And that was a great year. I had a, a fantastic coach. He was a little He's a little weird in his ways, but he taught me a lot about hockey and my positioning, everything like most I probably could have learned in in minor hockey was from him. And his name is Michael Macaroni. He's awesome. 
And then that year, I remember getting called up to a couple games in junior when they had like they had um, injuries and and really got to play some games in the PW, which was great. And then the next year, I had a spot on the junior team, so the coach um, took me on board. It was sort of a tough year. We had eleven forwards, um, so it was just like a lot of girls and and not a lot of play time for me, which was fine. But being able to practice with those girls I mentioned before was huge and sort of those girls were going to big schools um, the next year. So I was basically practicing with girls that are going to be playing D1 hockey for, for great teams next year. So I got to, to, you know, work on my speed, work on my hands, work on my shot, all that. And um, had a lot of fun with those girls too, outside of, outside of hockey. And then the next year, I remember thinking like, I got to really bear down and, and sort of talk to some schools here. Um, I did that in in grade 11 as well but grade 12 more so I wanted to lock in a school that was my you know the school I was going to be going to so I you know I sat down with my parents and we decided that you know if I wanted to stay in Mississauga which I've been there my whole life and I was huge on on staying with that that organization my entire my entire minor hockey career because that that means something to me to not just bounce from team to team if you're staying with one team I mean like I loved playing for the city I, I was born in and, and grew up in and lived in. So, um, you know, the thought of going somewhere else was something that was like last on my mind until senior year when I was like, I need to start, you know, getting some sniffs from school. So I got to go somewhere where I'm playing. And, you know, it just so happened that I connected with Brampton and they had a spot open for me and they were a weaker team, but it was a great opportunity to like sort of help this team get a playoff spot for the first time in a while and, you know, we did just that. We had some great kids on the team. Me and Britt played a lot together and we worked really well together and we actually made the playoffs that year, which was awesome. Yeah. And just, did you get to play with Willow Carson by any chance? Just because I'm from the New England area and I see BC women's hockey. Yes. She's a great player. And I know that she played for Mississauga. Yeah. I actually played against Willow basically when I was younger. She played for Etobicoke and I played for, for Mississauga, but Willow's a great player. She moved over to Mississauga at the time that I was sort of making my exit. But uh, yeah, a lot of respect for Willow. She's a, she's a great hockey player. Love that saucer pass that went viral. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. 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 She probably learned that from a few, she has a great, um, I, from what, talking to some of her teammates, uh, she has like a lot of family members that have played um, very high up in hockey. So she probably learned it from one of them. Totally. Now, talk a little bit about your time in the PWHL with both Mississauga and Brampton, and I guess how did it help prepare you for college hockey? Yeah, so I think, you know, the PWHL is such a great, well, was such a great league for girls that were going to be going D1, and a lot of the top players in the NCAA came from the PWHL, so there was a lot, a lot of teams, a lot, a lot of girls, and I think that, you know, being on a team like Mississauga with all those girls that are going D1, I was able to play with and play against some of, some of those players, which kind of, you know, prepared me for the speed, prepared me for the skill um, of the next level. And then when I was in Brampton, it sort of was like a total transition because, you know, I had to be sort of that go-to player on that team, which I wasn't the year before in Mississauga. So I was really going against those girls every shift, um, you know, their power plays, their PKs and, and things like that special teams. So, um, yeah, I think that being able to play in the PW was such a great thing in order to transition to D1 because a lot of those players were going D1. Um, so, yeah, the competition was, was excellent. I mean, nothing could have really prepared me for college, to be honest. 
it was uh was different and there's a lot of other things that go into just not just the game itself but yeah definitely I I really think the PW was such a great league for for girls hockey and very fortunate to live in Ontario and be able to play in that league and sort of transition to D1 a lot of players do that yeah and talk a little bit about your recruitment process to RIT what made you want to go to that school versus other ones you might have looked at yeah, so when I was in grade 11, I actually committed to a different school, um, another D1 school, and they had a coaching change when I was in grade, when I went into grade 12 and sort of lost contact with, the, with their connection and, and uh, ended up decommitting myself from that school. Um, and no hard feelings at all. Like, it's a, it's a wonderful school. The, co- the new coach that came on was wonderful as well. But I did talk to some other schools, and then when I made my transition to RIT, uh, my really good friend and teammate Britt, uh, she was going to RIT and she was committed there. And she's like, why don't you talk to RIT? And I'm like, sure, I'll talk to RIT. So I remember reaching out and, you know, connecting with, with the coaches there at the time and, and uh, getting a, like, you know, gaining a really good relationship with them and, and them wanting me to come the next year with Britt. And Britt and I were actually roommates freshman year. So uh, we both went together. I think it was, uh, the recruitment process was great. The school's only two and a half hours away. So I remember doing like a day drive for like a little, little tour and then another day drive for, for my official visit. So um, my family was really pumped to be, you know, only having to drive two and a half hours to watch me play every other weekend, um, you know, rather than going somewhere further. So yeah, it seemed like a great fit. I mean, I love RIT. I'm so happy that I chose to go here, but the recruitment process was, was very easy and and what helped too was that Britt was committed there. So um, I had someone to sort of ask questions and sort of bounce my thoughts off of. Now, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, the decision-making, or just the physicality? Like what was like the biggest adjustment that you had to make, especially as a defender, because you're going against some really good players um, in the CHA and in some non-conference games as well. Yeah, so, so I also played forward too. I played D my freshman year and then played forward after that. but. Um, when I came in as a freshman, I was a forward. And then Scott, the coach at the time, he's like, you're playing D. And I'm more of a defensive forward. So I had to make that transition quick. But uh, not, it wasn't, wasn't too tough to, to transition my game to defense because I was already so defensive. But, um, yeah, definitely the, the size of, uh, and physicality. Like, I remember coming in as a freshman and I was weighing, like, 125 pounds. And I was like – getting knocked off my butt and and I still do even my senior year like some of these girls are strong and some of these girls are big and I never really got that in the in the PW wasn't wasn't that much contact compared to college so that was definitely the biggest thing. Now talk a little bit about your freshman and sophomore year with RIT because it seemed like to me just doing research it seemed like your team struggled your freshman year only having four wins but then you improved a little bit your sophomore year going from four to 12 wins so what did you take away from your underclassmen years and um, uh, what did you take away from that experience as a whole, I guess? Totally. Yeah. So freshman year, I mean, um, we had a pretty large freshman class. It kind of dwindled down near the end. Some girls, it just wasn't a good fit. So, um, you know, our class ended up getting smaller and smaller, which I mean, isn't really a bad thing. Um, yeah. So freshman year was a little bit tough. We had a, we had great upperclassmen, girls that really worked their butt off. Um, like Mal Rushton was a junior at the time, and I totally look up to Mal. Like she was, she was an incredible leader, incredible senior. We also had Kendall Cornine, who was like lights out, such a good hockey player, and could go out there and score a goal like, like that. So, I mean, we had great, great upperclassmen, which kind of led into our sophomore year. 
And that's where Tara Lantane, like, oh my God, played her butt off and literally was, I think, the best goalie in the whole league. But um, she stood on her head for us that that year. And, you know, we just had to score like two goals and we'd win a game. So I think like kind of leaning on Tara that sophomore year, that was basically the only thing. And what I will say is the coaching wasn't that great that year or the year after. So we really had to rely on ourselves as players and, and Tara as a goalie. Yeah, I love goalies. I think they're awesome. I feel are they like I don't what what why do goalies have like the reputation of like the weird person on the team? I want do you know why that, that's the case? I mean, they're choosing to get pucks flown at their head. <laughs> like who would really want to do that? But um honestly the the goalies at RIT, like even now, like they're not that they're not that weird, they're not that quirky, but um yeah, I don't know. There's some there's something up there that's making them want to stop those those pucks. Yeah. So who knows? Did any of the goalies in RIT that you played with have like weird stretches or weird rituals that they did? Because I went to a game recently and there's this goalie that literally meditates during commercial breaks. And I think, I thought that was really weird, but he <laughs> makes like 60 saves a night. So it's obvious, obviously working for him. Yeah. Uh, I can't really think of any from the, the girl side at RIT. I do know uh, my good friend, Logan Drackett, he was the goalie on the men's team and he didn't want anybody touching his pads before the game. So like literally nobody could, touch them and they had to just walk like very carefully around them so at away ranks like when you're in a change room that's like super tight super oh yeah small, it uh, I think it was a little bit problematic the, for the him, caution but... tape around it and all that stuff <laughs> yeah so um yeah but I can't really think of any from the girls I know uh I know Jessie O'Leary she's uh she's one of my best friends I talk to her every day but she was probably like the craziest goalie I've ever met she uh she was just like a party animal in the room she just loved to dance loved to sing and but then she got into her zone and just like, don't talk to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like every player has to have be in their zone at some point just to focus on the game, but kind of yeah. transitioning now you went from your junior year to your senior year, you had a coaching change. Um, so as a, as a senior, is it kind of like, um, how do you kind of deal with the coaching transition and um, what was it like um, being playing under coach Brown? And um, is it kind of weird because you're used to one system and then you kind of have to change the way you play to another system. And it must be tough, I feel like, as a upperclassman to kind of deal with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I went through three different coaches in my, my five years at RIT. My freshman year coach uh, was done after freshman year. And then I had a new coach sophomore and junior year and then senior and, and super senior year with Coach Brown. But, um, yeah, I mean, what can I say about Coach Brown? Like, she's literally so awesome. The best coach that I've ever had and pretty much kind of took took our program and just sort of turned it 360 right in the like or 180 right in the right direction so she was uh she literally came in took the bull by the horns and sort of just uh got all of us to sort of believe in something and especially during the you know the pandemic it was really tough and we had some players that it wasn't wasn't a good fit for them college hockey so you know coach brown sort of had to had to find those girls that really really wanted to be there and sort of lead those girls in the direction that she she wants the team to go in. Um, and I think she did just that. And it, it displayed in this year, not so much in the win column, but but in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, like our our culture, we started a, a great foundation this this past, uh, well, you know, my, my senior year and now my super year. And it's just building and building and building. And it's just going to be getting better and better and better. So, um, you know, in terms of the systems and stuff, I think, um, which was really beneficial for us is that we had kind of large freshman classes come in. 
So, you know, that's all they knew was what coach Brown was telling them. Yeah. And do you think in like the next two or three years, she's going to be like one of the best head coaches in the CHA and RIT will be competing for CHA championships because I feel like if you're a fan of the program now, it doesn't seem like it, but like you would hope like in the next few years that could be a possibility. Oh yeah, no, totally. I, I think that, you know, I think coach Brown is the best coach in the CHA and I say that full confident with full confidence. And the reason I say that is because I cannot think of another coach. And from what I've heard from my friends at other teams that cares as much as she does, like she is putting in so much work each week for us as a team. Like, we're not, we're not working as hard as, as her and we're, we're working hard too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not much we could much more that we can ask for from her. And at the same thing goes for Jordan Pardowski and Josh Grazer. Like they're both, uh, those are assistant coach. They're both amazing. And Matt Wentz, who's our team, you know, manager kind of just takes care of everything for everyone. Um, I mean, it's just such a great coaching staff and, and we're so lucky. So I think like we competed for a CHA championship this year. Like, um, anything could happen that weekend. And if they do change the format where it's like a three game series or whatever it may be, I think RIT is just going to compete, compete, compete each year. And, and yeah, I think they're going to get better, better even next year. Like there, there's going to be some more wins in their, in their column for sure. Now talk a little bit about the challenges you faced your, I guess, senior year with COVID with no fans in the rink. And how did you handle those challenges as well? Especially since, you know, you weren't getting the wins that you wanted to as well. Yeah, I feel like the just the year was so tough in, in general. And um, I'm a really big like family girl. I loved seeing my my mom and dad and my grandmother would always come to my games. Um, and she ended up actually getting sick that year. So I went home for a little while. But it was definitely just like not the not the best year in terms of playing hockey. You couldn't really do anything. I couldn't go home to Canada. My my family couldn't come down to see me, which was a huge, huge bummer. Um, but we definitely had to like sort of adapt. And I think that year actually made us all stronger, you know, athletes, stronger people and stronger students because we had to work online. So I think it was just like a sort of a, not a blessing in disguise, but just a, just a, another thing to another sort of adversity being thrown at you. Sorry, my dog's barking a little bit of adversity being thrown at you that we had to deal with and sort of get over. So uh, we all worked through it together, and I, I don't think that it would have been as organized or, you know, not, not stressful if we didn't have Coach Brown. Like, she really, really helped all of us and was, was a resource for us at all hours of the day if we were, we were whatever we needed. So she was, she was wonderful. Now, why did you want to come back for your fifth year? Was it, like, academic reasons or was it more hockey reasons? Or it more was – totally hockey. I couldn't give up playing, being a college hockey player. It's the, the best experience ever. And given the opportunity to get my master's as well, speaking on the academic side, I can't just speak about athletics, but I mean, uh, what an opportunity and, and to get my master's and be able to play that fifth year, especially after the year that I had prior. So, I mean, it was a no brainer for me. Now you were the captain of the team this past year. What type of leadership did you want to bring? Were you more of a vocal leader, lead by example? Um, you had a, a few different leaders on the team. So I'm curious, like what your role was. Yeah, I feel like my role was sort of, I mean, uh, walk the walk and talk the talk, like talk the talk, walk the walk. You have to do both. So if I was, you know, saying something, I made sure that I was doing it. So I think that's the biggest thing as a leader. And that's something that I really, you know, 
is part of my identity as a leader. I think that how can I ask somebody on my team to do something if I'm not doing it myself? So that's sort of the the base for myself as a as a leader. And then other than that, I'm just sort of, you know, a teammate and and a friend. I like just want to be a resource and I have empathy for for these girls. Like I know how hard it is to be a freshman. I know how hard it is to be a sophomore and I know how hard it is to be a junior and senior. So I've been there and I just want to be a resource for them. And I think sort of just offer, you know, a helping hand or just like a listening ear to anything they may need help with. Now this past season, you won your first ever CHA playoff game. against. Yep. That was also, was that your first win of the season too? No, that was our second win. We beat oh. Lindenwood a couple weeks prior. Um, but yeah, my first playoff win in my career, I like, I remember when, uh, Abby Davies scored that like hat trick, come on. She scored the hat trick, the third goal went in, and I just like started crying because I was just so proud of her. And I cried after the game too. I was so proud of the group for, for coming together and just battling that whole game. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just thought it was such an amazing thing. I think that win was substantial for the, for the program and where it's going. I think that it just shows that we're, we're, uh, we're getting better. Yeah, especially after all the adversity your team faced that season to come together and get that first playoff win. That must have felt a good way to kind of end off your fifth year, you know, like to finally get get over that hump and get that playoff win, especially after uh, losing the Penn State a few times the, in the prior years must have felt nice. Yeah, totally. I feel like um, no regrets here, no not thinking back, like upset or anything. Yeah. I'm I'm still in cloud nine after that win. And you played your final college hockey game against Syracuse, but kudos to your team because you took them all the way to overtime. I was thinking that RIT might have pulled off the upset, and that would have been pretty awesome to see. But uh, talk about, I guess, the, the emotions you felt after that OT goal went in the net, knowing that you were playing in your final college hockey game. Yeah, I mean, sort of under – like it's just like – not you can't expect uh you don't know what to expect in that feeling and that that wave of emotion that comes to you but I just uh I was on for that goal and I mean Sarah was absolutely unreal for us this whole season and and in that playoff weekend she stood on her head and made some incredible saves and um I mean the goal went in it happens it's hockey and I remember being on and I just went up to Sarah and I just told her you're awesome and you're gonna be you're the like you were our team this weekend like thank you mm-hmm. and you're gonna go like you're gonna be successful in whatever you do and I just remember whispering that to her right after the game and and just sitting on the ice I remember looking at at Syracuse celebrating in the corner and just you know shedding some tears and being sad that it's over but again like so proud of the group like unbelievably proud of all of the girls my coaches and you know myself like I feel like we came so far and, you know, I don't think it's like no one can judge the success of our team except for, for us, like as a team individuals and and together as a group. So, you know, nobody can see really the, the steps that we're taking to get better um, unless, you know, we're winning and, and, you know, the wins weren't coming, but we still got better each and every week, each and every day. And I think that it'll be more evident in the years to come because we'll be getting those wins. But, but for us as a team, we knew that we were getting better and uh, we knew we scared some of those teams during, during that Syracuse game, both teams, Mercyhurst and Penn state were watching us. And I, I think they were cheering us on, but if we would have won the game, they would have probably been scared that they would play us the the next day. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely would have been interesting for sure. So uh, 
I guess what would what, what do you take away from your college hockey experience with RIT when you look back on it now, even though it's been like a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I'm super grateful and absolutely loved my experience. I think it was the best experience ever. And I think it was super crazy, you know, with the coaching changes and sort of the adversity we had to face. I, I can't think of another team in the, the entire country that sort of went through the, the amount of coaching changes like that. And, you know, some of the, coaches like the coaches my sophomore and and junior year was really tough to sort of even go to the rink every single day and which is really sad to say but I'm thankful that the school you know made the decision to hire coach Brown and and really change the program around so I think that each year that I was there and each day that I was there really helped me become the person I am today and uh, mature crap ton and, and be responsible and, and sort of be a, a leader. And I just feel like I'm just super grateful for my experience in, in the five years that I had. So we're now in the segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. So my first question to you is um, which arena had the best warm-up mix? All right. Well, I want to say RIT. Um, but other than that, I think Penn State did a great job. I mean, they played like Dua Lipa and I was <laughs> head bopping the whole time. So, and it's super loud. And I mean, that rink is beautiful. Yeah, that's a great rink. And obviously it's hosting the Frozen Four. So I'm um, yes. interested to see how that's going to, how they're going to do. Cause I know they're going to host it again sometime in the next like four years. So I never yeah. seen a school that got to host the Frozen Four twice, like when they announced it. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, what music do you like to listen to and just in general? Oh gosh, everything, but, uh, pretty much rap. Like I love, uh, hearing some rap and I mean the freshman majority of them really liked rap this year, like a, a lot yeah. of TikTok songs. Um, but it, it was all good. I mean, I listen to everything. Um, my boyfriend also plays hockey. He played at RIT and he plays professional oh, nice. now, but he, uh, he told me his, uh, his pregame song was Drops of Jupiter when he was in college. So he'd <laughs> that and like pump him up and cheer him up. So that was, that was sort of my like guilty pleasure song too. I love, I love that song and all the girls knew it too. That, I don't, to be honest with you, Jordan, I can't get pumped up to that song. It's just too feel good. You know, you need something that's like a little more hardcore than that. So that's the one I, 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 I respect it, but for me, it's just, I can't get, I can't get pumped well, up. Well, what's your song? Um, I like a lot of hip hop and rap. I like, uh, like, uh, I guess headlines by Drake. I don't know if you ever heard that. Oh song. yeah. That's a good song that gets me fired up, but yeah. for guilty pleasure, I'll probably choose like, um, Eeny Meeny by Justin Bieber and Sean Kingston. That's a, all right. That's a I good one. Will I ever like dance to it and like in public and start singing out loud? Definitely not. <laughs> will I be listening to my headphones, just enjoying it? Yes, I would. And that's, that's, that's why it's a guilty pleasure song for me. That's a great song. So, um, Perfect. cause they played it at a, they played at a college hockey rink. I was like working at, and I was like, dang, this is a good song. Like, uh, and like all the other fans were getting into it. So that's, that's how I got into it. So shout out to Justin Bieber. I know some people uh, think he's a bit of an embarrassing guy sometimes, but I think he's a great artist. So shout out to him. Yeah, totally. Now, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment that you've ever had? Did someone ever break your ankles one time? Did you ever like, fall? Oh yeah. Um, I what, mean, what's like the most, what's one that sticks out to you the most? Oh my gosh. Well, at Penn state, I mean, they showed a video and I think it was just like a compilation of me, like getting my ankles broken by their players, but <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I know people are like, Jordan, look at the video screen. I'm like, 
I know every single one of those clips and it was just hilarious. <laughs> but um, I think one of the most embarrassing moments like would probably be um, sort of like in those, some of those games, I mean, like I wear contacts, my vision is absolutely terrible. So I need contacts to like live and see the puck. And actually when we played Cornell this year, it was sort of like an exhibition game. And we did uh, an overtime, a three on three three overtime. And I didn't have a contact in my, one of my eyes the whole time. And I literally couldn't see, and we got hemmed in our zone. And I was like skating around with one eye open. And I'm like, Oh God, my coach probably like, what is going on with that girl? And I came to the bench and I was like, I lost my contact. And she was just like shaking her head laughing. But I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. Uh, there's probably tons of other ones that my friends can say, but I'm not going to embarrass myself on here too much. Yeah, no, that's definitely, hey, Lucy, if you can laugh about it, that's all that counts. Right. But I feel like that's gotta be tough though, watching the, cause I don't know if, how Penn state does it, but from what I've seen from other schools is usually they announce the visiting teams like starting lineup and then they play like some like hype video before they announce the home intro. So that must be tough to kind of watch that like hype video while you're waiting for the home team lineup to start and see yourself getting your ankles. Well, actually the hype video was before we even like went on the ice. Oh, okay. So, but they, they play like, they play like 10 videos over at Penn state. So I don't really <laughs> know. Um, but they played one before, I guess they, they called their names, but I think I was dozing off at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, just waiting to play. Yeah, I know. Hopefully you broke some of their ankles. I'm in that game. I don't oh, know if for that sure. Happened. I actually scored a goal. So there you go. Nice. Put you, that on the video screen. That's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely getting some revenge. And hopefully RIT can use it for their hype video next year and show off some of your uh, breaking their ankles. I think that would be pretty funny. Totally. Now, which teammate in your time at RIT had the best style besides yourself? Um, because I saw, I, I see some of the pregame outfits that you, your team pulls off, and I feel like you have the best style on the team. But beside yourself, like who do you think? Thank you. I think so pulling too. Pulling off the pregame, best pregame outfits. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, uh, let me think. I think there's a. I'm gonna name a couple people. Bronwyn, she's a freshman. She's got some sick shoes. They're like some Nike dunks that are like orange and black. So she rocks those. Those are awesome. And she wears a, little, a suit and she looks super fire. So that's good. And then uh, I mean, Lindsay Maloney, she dresses up great every single time I see what she's wearing. I'm like, I love your shirt. Where'd you get it from? And sort of just want to want to wear what she's wearing too. So Lindsay and I actually have a cool like walk-in video slow-mo showing off our outfits. I'll have to nice. send it to you, but, but it, uh, I mean, because I see all the outfits you're posting, and I'm like, man, Lindsay looked great in this video. Like, this yeah. should go on College Hockey Talk, too. So, um, yeah, Lindsay Maloney, uh, Bronwyn, they got the, the fly style. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the thing with the College Hockey Talk outfits of the week post, and I say this to the teams, you need to post it because if you don't post it, I don't see it and I can't promote it. So I know. We, we got to get them over to you. Or the players have to send it to me as well. So it's up to – so, like, whenever people complain, it's like, oh, why did my outfit get featured? I'm like, you didn't post it. You didn't send it. I can't – how am I supposed to know if I don't see it? So um, – but, no, definitely you got to send me that video just because there's only a few more weeks left in the season before we do our end-of-the-year awards. So we don't want you and Lindsay to kind of miss there's out on There's awards? That. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to send you all my pregame <laughs> picks. I <Yeah>. better <laughs> – I can be up there, I think. Yeah, no, it depends on uh, who the fans vote for. So that's that's the interest. That's the best part of Best Style Award is I'm going to pick a few of the best outfits from both the men's and women's side, and people are going to vote for them. And Because I don't want to choose my own personal preference. I think I want to leave it up to the people. So I need totally. you to be considered that. So you got to send that to me after this. I will. 
Now, uh, who was the funniest on the team uh, this year or during um, your other years? Oh, God. Funniest on the team, Mal Russian. She's hilarious. Like, I literally think about some things that happened with Mal and some of the things that she said. And she's, uh, she's from out east in, on, in Canada. And, like, they have some, some ways of, of speaking. But um, I absolutely love Mal. Like, one of my favorite teammates of all time. Like, super resourceful. Like, super open and, and honest and just, like, a good friend. So, um, and absolutely hilarious at the same time. But, again, too, also with, with Mal – Catherine Kennedy, me and her, I mean, we're like two peas in a pod. Um, I think if like, if there was like the podcast with her and I in it, you'd probably lose your mind because of the amount of jokes that we share between the two of us and constantly sending memes and videos on social media. But Kathy and, uh, and Mal are the, the two funniest girls for sure. Yeah, no, also great style for Mal. I see some with the rivet ears. I think that's oh, yeah. post. she posts off some great outfits, but I think with Mal, she seemed like super calm when I interviewed her. But I guess like she's probably different with her teammates behind the scenes. So I got to get her back on with the teammates to see what the funniness is like. Totally. Yeah. Now, what is the hardest class you've ever taken in college? Oh my gosh. One that I'm in now it's uh, called marketing analytics. It's basically all coding. It's like unbelievably hard, but I'm, I'm getting through it. I've made some good friends in the class and they're, they're tutoring me and helping me out, but marketing analytics for sure. Now, if there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? Ooh, um, I, I think, think I think I'll go. I'll say my answer. Yeah, you go first. You go first. So there's two people that um, I would choose. One is Andrew Garfield. Um, I think that's a good one. Actor. We don't look alike, but I think you would play my mannerisms down. But another guy I would pick, and this might seem like an interesting choice, is Niall Horan. Uh, he's a member of the band One Direction, but I think the dude's awesome. I know that's, I know it might be a little embarrassing for me to say that, but I think he makes some great songs. He's from Ireland too. And then another guy is Killian Murphy. He's also from Ireland, but he's been, Oh yeah. And I think he's such a badass. So that's why I would want him to play me. That's awesome. Okay. So mine would be Emma Watson. That's a good one. Yeah. When I was growing up, my aunt always said that I look like Hermione. So, and she's beautiful now. So yeah, I'll get her to play me. Yeah, I always, I feel like I would need to pick someone from Europe to play me just because I would want to see how they'll pull off my accent. So that's why I, that's why I want to choose someone from Europe to do that. Now back to some hockey questions. Now, first one is what should be done to help grow women's hockey? Oh gosh. I think just, uh, just like the inclusivity till, you know, in terms of individual eyes, like kind of team. Well, sorry, let me go back teams in Ontario, like there's so many of them. And I think that just like having the ability to let all, all girls, whatever skill come and play for, for some teams there is, is crucial. And it's not just in Ontario, it's everywhere. Like Ontario is very lucky that we get to do that. I mentioned, like I tried out for four different levels of a team in one age group, like that's incredible. And it's unfortunate that a lot of other places don't, don't have the same thing and uh, same availability for their, for their players. So I think just, uh, you know, really just getting these young girls to want to play hockey. And I think, like, honestly, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, even with Team USA and Team Canada, like, these little girls are are loving them. And just even, like, older girls are loving them, too. But just looking up to those individuals, those girls, it's it's huge. And, and girl, girls hockey is just growing and growing and growing. Yeah, I saw somewhere where, like, the USA-Canada gold medal game was, like, the highest-rated hockey game both men's and women's like in the past like three years so that's yeah pretty, pretty cool. incredible yeah 
So that's good. And plus the game was like at 11 p.m. at like a Wednesday night. So just imagine if it was like on a prime time, like on a Friday night, you it would probably even be have more ratings than it did. Totally. Now, what advice would you give younger players that are trying to pursue a career in college hockey? Yeah, I would, uh, I would say do it. Like college hockey is the best thing ever. It was the best experience. But um, with that and girls that are going to play college hockey and, you know, I tell my sister that too, it's, um, in the moment, like the hardest moments, because there are going to be a lot of them that are going to be extremely tough and, and hard on you. Uh, just know that it's not the end of the world and it's not something that's going to break you. It's going to actually make you better in the end. And in the moment, it may seem like the end of the world, but it's really not. Um, and to just like not give up on yourself. And, and you know, if you're not playing and, and you're working your butt off, keep doing it. And I mean, it, if it comes to a point where it's not a good fit, then that's something else. But just uh, your freshman year is tough. The transition is tough. Just don't give up on yourself. And you chose to go to that school for a reason. And they chose to pick you to come to that school like coaches. So work your butt off and, and take those, you know, adversities and put them in your pocket because it's going to make you a better student. It's going to make you a better athlete. It's going to make you a better teammate, a better person. It's going to make you better in all, all facets of your life. Awesome. Well, thank, before we let you go, Jordan, do you have any shout outs you want to give to your teammates, family members, friends, boyfriend? I anybody. I'm going to shout out my younger sister, Logan Marchese. She's number 78 on the Oakville Hornets U22 team. She's a rock star. She's like literally five, four, maybe. But she's a force to be reckoned with, so I love her. And, you know, my funny story, my coach actually said that she's better than me. So I got to, like, go to the gym and start working out and get better because can't have my younger sister be better than me. Just kidding. I hope she's better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my younger sister, Logan, I want to shout out, you know, the class that I was with this year, Abby Davies and Taylor Sims. Uh, thank you for bringing me into your class and opening your arms to me and, and bringing, uh, you know, the grandma along for the ride. I, I loved it. And I love you guys so much. Um, and then my boyfriend, Abbott, your mm-hmm. he's up in Hartford right now in the AHL, which is awesome. So um, he has a game tonight in Laval, Quebec. So good luck, buddy. Love you. And um, yeah, just my, my mom and dad. And I'm so grateful to have them. And they allowed me to go to school and play play hockey and live out my dreams. So, so a big shout out to them too. And thank you. And coach Brown too. And Pardo and Josh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on and shout out Hartford. I love going to UConn hockey games at the Excel center. And I know that's where the Wolfpack plays. So um, yep. hopefully you make the show one day soon, a few years, you just got to keep grinding at that. But uh, thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on though. Seriously. It means a lot to myself. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I love watching you play with RIT and um, if you ever, have decided to play professional hockey i'd love to see you play in person so uh we'll be we'll be on we'll be on the edge of our seats for that announcement but take care and stay safe and good luck with your your future endeavors whatever that may be though thank you so much i had a lot of fun and i think it's awesome what you do with all these girls and and uh, yeah thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening to today's interview of College Hockey Talk. If you want to check out our older interviews, make sure to do that. You can do that on the Apple Podcast page, Spotify account, or our YouTube channel where you can watch many different interviews from this podcast. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media accounts at College Hockey Talk, and I'll see you guys next time with another great interview. But until then, take care and have a great day. Bye.
talk to me It's what I want the most in my life They say you're out of my league But I don't give a damn No, deep down I know you want it You wanna take a leap and jump in Uh, uh, oh You wanna fall in love You get 